Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you like talent, you are in the right place. Welcome back to another episode of the Talent Factor Podcast. I'm your co-host, Damian Parson, with my guy, my brother, Keith Sanchez. Baby, what's going on, man? Mic check, mic check. Man, my mic is hot, so you know that means it's time to talk some football, DP. What's going on, my brother? Hey, man, just enjoying Hey, living the dream, as they say. Just living the dream, brother. You know, got some some nice college football news. The weather isn't too humid down south right now for me. So I'm, I'm living the dream right now. Everything is copacetic. Everything is copacetic. Um, you know, and, and Keith, let's give a quick shout-out before we get started. A quick shout-out to our partners over at Bet Online as they continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest Odds, news, and sports development, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, uh, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news. Also, even next year's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. Keith? I always like to pivot off of that line because I love that last line where the game starts, right? And Keith, <laughs> we got some news today. Man, we had that, some that, news. You know, we, 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 have, we have some news. You know, and we had some news yesterday that we'll talk about later. But per John Wilner, who works in the Pac-12 region, uh, sources state that USC, the Trojans, and UCLA, the Bruins, are planning on leaving for the, to join the Big Ten Conference as early as 2024, but the move has not been finalized at the highest level of power just yet. Keith, this is two. This is USC. This is kind of odd. The time. This is crazy. The timing, right? USC just swung probably the biggest like off season of of college football. Getting Lincoln Riley, getting Caleb Williams. You know, Mario Williams, Jordan Addison, the Belitnikov winner, and, and all the different things that they've been able to do. They got Malachi. I think Malachi Nelson is one of their five-star recruits coming in. They're having themselves an offseason. Yeah. Keith, if they leave, they leave this, if this goes through in 2024, that's two years from now, two seasons from now, right? They go in and join the Big Ten. Let, let's just talk about the implications of that, Keith. Man, I, I, so I want to start off, and I just want to see – what are we doing, right? Like we 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 have two <laughs> California schools that are going to the Big Ten, right? And traditionally, when I think of Big Ten football, right, you know what I think of? I think it's cold. I think a little bit of snow. I think of offensive line play. I think of you know Wisconsin. I, I think of Ohio State. I think of Michigan running the football. I think of Blue Bloods. I think of gray skies. You know, I think of those type of things, right? <laughs> when I think of USC, yep. I think of Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart. I think of the Trojan guy. I think of Sunny Skies. I think of, you know, big time, just, you know, the stadium, I think is a good time. I, I, I think of Napa Valley. What are we doing? It just simply doesn't match up. And, and 
I'm I'm lost. I'm lost there because not only does it not fit from that perspective, right? Like when you, when you talk about USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten and just traditionally what it means, it doesn't even work logistically. Like the Big Ten is on one side, or you know, you kind of your Midwest, right? Your your upper um, portions of uh-huh. of the United States, and then USC and UCLA. They're deep on the West Coast, right? Like they're not just barely touching California or they're not Arizona or possibly Washington. They're deep into California. So I have no idea where college football is <laughs> at this point and, and what are they trying to accomplish? Like just scratch the whole thing. So that that was we just found this news 10 minutes ago. And that was my first reaction was, what are we doing? Keith, you broke that down so eloquently and so just on point, brother. And, and I got to add, you talk about L.A. and how it's a vast difference and vast comparison to Big Ten football, right? I'm sitting there thinking, you, you're talking about, you know, all the great, all those great things. I'm thinking about the beach. I'm thinking yeah. about, you know, the, <laughs> the, the beach, the, the, the sunny skies. I'm thinking about the beautiful weather and the palm trees and all this other stuff that L.A. has to offer. And then the Big Ten, like, this is a, it, it just, it's a different style that, you know, the Pac-12 is more finesse football, while Big Ten is more, like you said, blue blood, country, physical, you know, offense. The, the, they, they value the trenches, and they value running the football for the most part. It's just yeah. – it's a, it's a difference. But that's, I'm not going to lie, Keith. As a football fan, I think about the matchup yearly of seeing – Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day cross the sidelines. You know what I'm saying? Big Ten championship game. Depends on what I depends on if they have, you know, how they do the whole conference thing right, and all, you know, right, divisional, talk, talk, whatever, talk, whatever. Talk You're starting to get me to buy in a little bit. So, you know, I'm thinking about, okay. I'm thinking, you know, you have because you know, you think about what, what Ohio State has and what they're doing, all these receivers, you know what I'm saying? The quarterbacks that continue to, 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 to recruit well there right now. And Lincoln Riley's going to bring in his blue blood, his five-star, his, you know, his, his movie stars coming to L.A. And I'm thinking about the, the, the Big Ten, the Big Ten championship or Big 12, whatever, whatever it's be, whatever it be called at that time. Like their conference championship could have USC versus Ohio State. Maybe a Michigan versus a UCLA, or you know what I'm saying. So now, and you know me, I've always complained that this conference can never find quarterbacks. Like right. they find everything else. They get defense. They get running backs. They get receivers. And it's like, you know how hard it is to evaluate a receiver in the Big Ten for Iowa. Like it's 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 frustrating. That's our guy Kyle Krabs. Like it's it's difficult. So I'm just like, for me, it's like, okay, let me get some high octane offense that's not Ohio State in the building. And I'm thinking about these matchups potentially. What we can see the clash of some titans right before our eyes, and it won't even be in the in the playoffs, man. Yeah. I, okay. So. Really, I'm I'm kind of backing off the ledge just a little bit, right? Like, and and it's only because I get to possibly every year see a USC versus Ohio State matchup, you know. And from from that standpoint, like that's that's nice, right? But that's one week out of twelve. Like, you know, is I, I still have to watch, <laughs> right? I still have to watch a UCLA and Rutgers game, 
I don't want to watch that. Oh, I, like that, that doesn't appeal to me <laughs> at any moment, whether it's in UCLA and in Los Angeles or whether it's in at Rutgers, right? I don't want to watch that game. So it's it's, it's where we're shit, snatching brother. big time players. And I, I said, okay, how does this benefit the schools, right? And if if, if this just if this is just a money grab, then scratch the idea, scratch the whole NCAA and make it you know, make sense as far as money grabs because when Texas and Oklahoma, they're slated to go to the SEC, right? At least on a map, right? When you put a map in front of me, Texas is right next to Louisiana, which is right next to Mississippi, which is the entire SEC, right? Makes sense. Oklahoma <laughs> right. is right there above Texas, right? And it's right there. You dip down. Mm-hmm. They've traditionally recruited the same states. But when you think about USC and UCLA, Trying like and, and you get into these inter, I guess, conference battles for players, right? Like, what's the middle ground, right? Like, are we are, are, is USC and UCLA going to battle with Ohio State and Michigan and all these other schools for a kid in in, in Illinois or something? Like, what? Like, what? You know, how does it, <laughs> it, it bring on the rivalry? You know, like just because college football right. is more than just the play on the field, like it becomes the recruiting battles. And man, remember, I can't remember the, the name of the linebacker. It might have been Reuben Foster, right? And I think he's from Alabama. Mm-hmm. And he went and got the University of Auburn tattoo on him and then flipped to Alabama, right? Horrible decision by the kid. To this top notch bad decision. Right. I couldn't think Terrible of Terrible decision. Top five bad decision, right? But. It, it went into the history of the Iron Bull, you know, because they're fighting over the same kid yeah. to know that that kid could have been on either side of the um, of the rivalry. So when you think about the USC, UCLA, like all I could think of is money. And then if I could think of that, then I'm saying, you know what? Listen, dollar, dollar bill, y'all, cash rules, everything around. Me. <laughs> I agree with it. A hundred percent. Yeah, but let's let's find a better way to go about this than just snatching schools <laughs> from across the country. And that's my take on that. Keith, I, hey, and I'm, I'm with you 100%. And the, and the, intrig- the other intriguing aspect to this, right, if this goes down, with that, from a recruiting standpoint, not so much UCLA, because I think UCLA is kind of, you saw what they were this past season. They were a power football team, yeah. like from the trenches, everything. Like Zach Charbonnet, Britton Brown, they got both recruit, you know, Britton Brown from Duke, Zach Charbonnet from Michigan, and they were a punch-you-in-the-mouth football team. And if they kept that type of mantra and that type of mindset, they'll be fine for this transition. But USC is not built like that, right? <laughs> They're built... They're, they're finesse, man. I'm talking about they're Golden State Warrior s. Like they're trying to three pointers. You know, we're, we're gonna we're not gonna be. I'm talking about the early days before they got before they became more of a physical defensive team. It's it's finesse. It's it's three pointers. It's all those things. USC would have to because you think about a team that wants to throw the ball going into Michigan late in the year and it's snowing, right? Like it's it's snowing out and it's like it's windy, it's cold, it's at twelve o'clock noon Eastern time. Like this is a disservice to your players. Like this is a disservice to your players. Like you got these kids coming from cushy LA, traveling to this cold Detroit Steel City, 
And, Mich- and Michigan's gonna run the football, right? You know what I'm saying? They're gonna have some burly back in the backfield that they're gonna hand that ball off 35 times to. And now you gotta be able to play physical, tough football, which you probably haven't played all season long. So it's like, this is different. Heck, even going into Iowa, Keith, same thing. Night game. It's cold. It's rainy. It's freezing. Like, this is not. At, this is not USC football, so it's would this would have to they would have to change the way that they would have to I would say build their team in a way, focus more on the trenches, focus more on defense, Keith. Yeah, I, I agree. And if I'm I'm Lincoln Riley, I'm telling you, I didn't sign up for this. I did not sign up for this when I when y'all <laughs> pitched me on leaving Oklahoma. Y'all told me that I was going to have a house in California. Y'all told me that I would travel the West Coast. Y'all did not tell me, like you said, that I would be standing on the sideline and it's five degrees snowing with a little bit of hell mixed in and I have to try to beat Iowa. Y'all, y'all didn't tell me that, right? Y'all didn't tell me my <laughs> version of this spread offense and the air raid combined and my Heisman quarterbacks are going to have to go into these elements. So if I'm Lincoln Riley. I'm I'm angry at the say the least, right? I'm like I want no parts of this, and and yeah. I even think about the the structure of the Big Ten, and and correct me if I'm wrong, right? But I believe that they're they're broken down into two, two divisions, obviously, and I believe that Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, and Penn State, I believe, are all in one division, right? Or I know that it's it's extremely so. tilted because well, far as like all that, of their yeah. bigger names, right? So the question is this: Do you put USC and UCLA on the opposite side and try to balance it, and then now you know you're going to yeah. get a USC versus Ohio State conference, you know, kind of conference championship game every every year, or do you put them on the same side with those guys, and then now they're just beating each other up? So it's it has so many different levels to things that they have to figure out. And like I said, I, I'm just, I'm going to be honest, I, I'm just, I'm I'm not in on it. I'm out. I'm out on this idea. I'm out. <laughs> my, my guy's like, yeah, I'm jumping off the cliff. I'm done. Like, I'm finished yeah, I'm, with this. I'm like, I, I can't. And no, nah, I'm with you. Because again, like, and if they were, like, they they could not for the benefit, and they had to think for the benefit of the conference. If we put all these jokers in the same division, they beat up on each other, like, they're gonna be they're gonna be a wounded animal going into the, into the, the 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 playoff scenario, right? Like they've been in a war zone, a gauntlet all season, battling each other for that divisional uh, supremacy. Then you gotta win a tough tough uh, conference championship game after being all beaten up, beaten up on each other. Like, yeah, no, I would absolutely if if they if this goes through, they have to put them in the opposite division to balance it out. And make it as as competitive as possible. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is definitely, I mean, talk about things you didn't expect to wake up to today. Yeah. Like, this was not it for me. I, I was not expecting this. I just thought of something else, too, right? Because in recruiting and, you know, just bring it back to that, right? Like, there, there is something when you talk about conference prestige, right? And why kids choose to go to different universities over the other, right? And right now, the Big Ten is levels above the, the the Pac-12, right? Just as far as conference prestige and, you know, just how they view it. 
And now you're going to tell me, like, if, if, I'm a, if I'm a kid, right, and I can possibly go to a Wisconsin or Penn State or Michigan State, right? Like, because even if I'm no schools, think about this. And I'm a decent football player. If I'm in the Big Ten, why wouldn't I just want to go to USC, right? Like, it's, it's sunny out there majority right. of the time. You know, it's a better environment. It's a bigger program. You know, and and I and I can still be a part of the Big Ten prestige, right? Like I still get to be on TV and yeah. you know just those different things. So, like I said, even if if, if you're not thinking about Ohio State, but even if I'm Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, I'm still kind of like, nah, I don't want to do this. So it's 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 <laughs> it's going to ruffle a lot of feathers, and I'm more than sure it's going to ruffle feathers on both sides of the fence. Oh, without question. It's definitely going to it's going to create some uneasiness on both sides of the spectrum. And it's just going to be interesting if this gets passed. But guys, it's it's in, it's it has to go through the uh the powers at the highest levels per the tweet. So we're gonna wait and see how that how, what that looks like and how that turns out. But man, you talk about a shakeup in college football, Keith. Like, hey man. Like we're getting closer to the season, so they're giving us more things to uh to look forward to for these discussions, cause that was definitely not something I, I planned on the day. And yesterday, Keith, talking about something else I wasn't expected to hear. The ACC has announced a new scheduling model that will take effect for next season, the 2023 season, next year. The league is eliminating divisions and instead moving to a model with three permanent opponents and two separate five-team rotations that will flip every year. Instead of, div- spend, uh, instead of sending division winners, the two teams with the highest conference percentage will play in the ACC championship game. Keith, <laughs> this is I, – I, I, I mean, there's a couple – Conferences that have already done something similar to this, done away with it, the whole divisional aspect of it, and just played as one one full division, one full conference rather than two separate divisions. But how are we feeling about this? You know, because like the part the part you know part of the stuff that I've read that they said that Georgia Tech would have the most difficult permanent schedule with like Clemson, Louisville, and Wake Forest as their permanent rivals and Pittsburgh would actually have the easiest schedule. How, how are we feeling about this, this change to the ACC schedule? I'm going to get to that point and address that. But for me, this is the ACC hitting the panic button and, and smashing the button down. And that's because they've realized (laughs) that their conference isn't balanced throughout the same thing. The big 12 did, right? Like their conference, some of those teams you have in your conference, they have no shot at winning. Right. But, you you need those teams to be in there, but then you also for championship rights and TV rights and everything, you need your big time players to be in those conference championship games. And I'm like, and so to explain to explain what I'm saying. So if you have a, a uneven division, right? And you know, you throw in Clemson, Florida State, whoever, like all of your top teams are in one division. And then on the other division, you have a Wake Forest and a Louisville and, you know, a North Carolina, right? So now your conference championship game is now Clemson versus a Wake Forest team that came out of nowhere. 
that that's not a, a attractive championship game, right? And and they know that. And and guess what? Right. There've been um there've been reports that the conference championship games for some of these teams are just not that big. Like nobody cares anymore, right? Especially with the implementation of the playoffs right behind the conference championship games. Nobody is valuing those conference championship games. What's the one way to value? You have to put the best teams, right? You have to put the best teams with the biggest fan bases, with the biggest followings, so that way people tune in, you know, and that way you can continue those TV rights, but then also getting people to attend those games, right? Because it costs money when you talk about stadiums and, you know, just all of these different things that go into putting on a putting on a game. So you need the butts in the seats also. And I think the only way for them to get that mm-hmm. is to scratch the division model, go to one unified conference, and much like the Big 12 does, just let those two teams replay each other. And, and I think in the old – the old way of thinking is that, hey, you know what? We don't want to see repeat matchups, right? Like that that was kind of the old way. Like we, we want to see something fresh, something new. That's what they thought fans wanted. But essentially fans want to watch mm-hmm. good football. So if it's the second time around, you want to see it. Like we, we liken it to the, 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 the Cleveland Cavaliers versus the Golden State Warriors, right? Those were one of the most watched finals. They played each other, I believe, four times in a row. And guess what? People tuned in all four times <laughs> to watch it. So it's, it's, this is just about the the, 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 the the commissioners of these conferences realizing that, you know what? At the end of the day, we got to put the best product on the field in order for the fans to tune in. No, you're right. And, and, and to that point, you know, I would say – this would be just a message to the ACC boosters. You quoted Cream earlier. Cash shoes everything around me. They better start throwing out some cash and getting these NIL deals to get some of these get some better players in their in their conference. Like, because at the end of the day, that's one of the biggest things, right? Like, I and I live in the South. You know how many times I had to sit there and watch Clemson just roughshod whoever was in the the ACC championship game, the conference championship game. Like it? No, you need to get more competitive too. So it's like this. I I like the model. I, I like this this change to every point you just put out. Like, let's figure this out to make it more competitive. Because nobody's gonna watch if no. Right now, Clemson has they have of course they have a great defense, but offensively, we don't know what they're gonna be like this year. We don't know if DJ Uliunga Gale is going to be the starter or is it going to be Kate Klubnik. The, the 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 young kid. We don't know what this offense is going to be, so it's like, are they still the perennial powerhouse? Is it Boston College who has some players on their offense and defense? Florida, Florida State or Miami? Like, with so much changing right now, they have to figure this out. Because for me, I need the Miami. The, I need the U to be back, Keith. I need it back. I need the U. I need the chop. I need Tallahassee. I need, you know what I'm saying? When they when they come out on that horse and they throw that that whatever it is. I don't know this. I don't know what the thing actually is. A staff? I don't know what it is. But <laughs> when they throw it down in the middle of the field, I need to feel hyper about it because I know good football is following it. Because I feel like you set me up to drop me down and then I sit there and watch piss poor football from FSU for like a 10th year in a row. So I need them to, f- to figure that part out too. But Keith, I want to pivot real quick off of this scheduling format change. And I, and I, we both know you've worked in college football, I've been a fan of college football. I, we both understand why the schedules are done so far advanced the way that they do them. Right. But Keith, 
I have a proposition. I feel like they should handle their schedules year to year. Now, I get it. You got TV deals. You got money's involved heavily with this. But I look at the NFL's model and how they do their, you know what I'm saying? The Bro, like, NFL Network makes a buttload of money off of views for the schedule release, right? Every offseason. The draft's over. The follow-away week, we got the NFL schedule release. And it's, like, timed perfectly. Everybody's tuned in. People are talking about who their players are tweeting about it. <clears throat> Fans are tweeting, look, uh, circling and, and marking down key marquee games. And I'm looking at college, and I'm like, oh, man, we get Clemson and Oregon. 2027. I don't know who's going to be on these teams in 2027 for me to even care or be invested. Let's do it year to year. After the season, you have your your people, which is the NCAA. They don't actually work together the, the best. We know that. We see how NIL isn't working the way it should because they didn't really figure that out before they put it in place. But I would like to see a committee come together in the offseason. All right, this is going to be the schedules for, 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 for that conference, right? Whether it's the non-conference, including non-conference games and the conference games. Let's get some of these matchups while we still have these top-tier players at these top-tier programs. You think I wouldn't be in, like, granted, we may see it in the playoffs, but I would love to see Caleb Caleb versus Bryce to kick, right. you know what I mean, to kick the season off. I, you know what I'm saying? I would love to see that. I would love to see C.J. Stroud versus another top quarterback, Jackson Dart over at Ole Miss. You know what I'm saying? With that, with their talented roster that, that Lane Kiffin has put together. Let's see some of these teams – I don't want to hear about it in 2028, man. Like, I, it's, it, 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 this has driven me crazy for years, Keith. Like, it's driven me nuts because I'm just like, okay, I understand the money. But, guys, why do you think I'm going to be excited about this? I don't know what freshman is going to be on this. What Who's going to be the quarterback in 2028? No one knows. You don't know. That quarterback don't even know. Nobody knows. No, nah, I agree, and and I think that's the you, you know what this made me think about too with with just NCAA is how hard it is to get excited about a college basketball team for the next year because you don't know who is going to be on the team, right? Like you have no idea. Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, and they consistently just reload, so you have no idea unless you follow high school basketball. There's no way possible that you can get excited about Duke next year until their incoming freshmen come in and they play good, right? But it, and it's it's the same thing, like you said, with the scheduling, right? And and you schedule these games so far out, and honestly, times they they dud, right? Like I know that LSU plays Florida State this year. Um, when they scheduled that game. I'm more than sure Jimbo Fisher was probably still at Florida State. You know what I'm saying? And then LSU was a prominent. Now it's a it's an okay game, right? Something that, that, that could have been a top-notch premier game was just a, a okay game. So I, I agree with you 100%, and it doesn't have to necessarily be, you know what, I want to watch the best teams play each other. It can be a little bit of a, a, a mismatch. Like you said, like in, in something unique and, and timing-wise that people want, like the LSU-UCLA game last year, right? That were that was some LSU fans' first time traveling to UCLA, but it was also a good matchup, right? It wasn't that LSU was this powerhouse team and then UCLA was just coming off a, a 2-10 and 10 season. They were evenly matched teams. Then guess what? They played an evenly matched game, and then it turned out really good. 
and and that's what it what it should be, right? Like it should be, you know what? Like just how they have the the playoff committee, have a scheduling committee. You know, to where it's like, you know what? These are the best teams, and then these are the second tier teams. These are the third tier teams, and let's intertwine a couple of these games. And I'm not saying that scratch every division and every conference, but those first two to three games out the season, let's get some cross conference matchups to where we know for sure, like okay. These are a couple good matchups right here that for this reason, it would be intriguing. Like right now, we're in the process of doing our summer scouting, right? And this would should go into it. Mm-hmm. I know Florida has Anthony Richardson, right? Anthony Richardson is a pretty doggone good football player, right? And then I have on the other side, mm-hmm. I have Bo Nix at Oregon. Two dual threat quarterbacks, solid programs, supposed to be good in the trenches, Let's meet somewhere in Texas, Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Let's kick off the Oregon Ducks versus the Florida Gators, right? I can sell that. that right. I, I think that sounds pretty good, and I'll be willing to attend that game. I'm all in. <laughs> and you can just, you know, you can I'm just consistently in. do that. And let me go th- and I'm going to just continue making points about this. College football is extremely unbalanced, meaning that the SEC rules college football if you're mad and angry about their statement, tell your college to do something about it, right? <laughs> but they can't. <laughs> but SEC college football, and you know it. Everybody knows it. You see me, DP. I have a national championship ring from LSU. I have a SEC championship ring. Which one do I wear more? The SEC championship. You want to know why? Because the SEC, SEC championship. championship is the national championship. And to my point is that this, <laughs> that college football has become so unbalanced in the sense of the fact of that all of the talent is in the SEC. So how do you kind of balance this out? You have to introduce different schools to the SEC. So back to my LSU-UCLA point, meaning that when kids cut on the TV and I'm a four-star, five-star prospect, and I have the preconceived notion that, you know what, the SEC rules superior and they're supreme over every conference, right? So I'm going to LSU. Now I see UCLA beat them. Now I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. UCLA is a pretty decent (laughs) team also, so I want to give them a shot. So if college football has wants any chance at balancing um, college football, they need to do these cross-conference games because right now all of the talent is centralized. And then every time they say you get to a national championship, it's either an SEC team versus whoever is an SEC team versus an SEC team in a national championship. So college football definitely needs to – in order to save themselves, right, to save themselves from the SEC, they need to re- revamp and rethink this schedule. No, it, bro, listen, that soliloquy was perfect because it, it it hit so many points. It, it, it was it, it, listen, I gotta give you a clap because this that I, 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 I'm 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 speechless because it, it made so much sense, Keith. And when you think about like think about the the. The playoff just stigma, right? You said, and you put it perfectly. It's either SEC versus somebody else or SEC versus SEC. So you think about putting, like I said, Ole Miss, <clears throat> Ole Miss or versus Ohio State. Let's say Ole Miss yeah. knocks off Ohio State, right? Well, what does that do for, for the playoff committee? Then oh, that puts more pressure on Ohio State to run the table. Now you can't yeah. lose to Michigan. You know yeah. what I mean? You can't lose to Michigan State. You got to win 
now. Like you got, you know what I'm saying? You got to win all the rest of your games. And then you think we like the topic we just talked about with if USC and UCLA goes to the Big Ten and makes it a bigger, bigger uh, conference. Now you got more competition to where, okay, if I run the table in my division and I get to the, to the Big Ten, a big whatever championship game, the championship game, I got to knock off USC or UCLA or, you know, it just makes it, it makes things mean more. It makes things matter yeah. more. But then let's say you, you schedule a Bama versus, I don't know, like you, you put Bama versus another, a Texas or well, Texas going to the SEC, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because you know, so f- this year we got Texas and Bama. Dear God, if Texas somehow pulls that out, which I don't think it will because of the old line and Will Anderson is going to destroy everything, but him and Dallas Turner. But if they were able to, think about how, what that does for Bama's playoff chances, right? Now Bama's like, okay, that Jimbo game, it means not just bragging rights and all the offseason chatter about who paid who and all that stuff, but what it also means is we can't lose to Texas A&M and Texas. Right. Like, that's not going to be a good look. You know what I'm saying? Because then you look at it like, okay, then you get to the SEC championship game, and you know that the voters, but like you said, call, SEC runs college football, there's a chance that the voters may still lean towards a two-loss Bama team over a one-loss like Michigan or somebody. But, dear God, you go in the SEC championship game, and you lose again. It's like, bro, Bama's a three-loss team. There's no way we can do this. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's all about flipping the narrative, creating parody, as Nick Saban claims he wants. So it's like it's so it, – it, the scheduling, man, like it, it plays such a prominent role in college football from recruiting, as you stated, all the way to who – to the schedule to, – to actually who plays who and how that impacts who's viewed – as highly as they should, because if you played, because I mean, beating a low to me, beating a Mississippi State team that's not very good for me, that does nothing if if it's Alabama. So right. put Mississippi State on Michigan schedule to, at the start at the start of the season. Give right. them that, like you said, give them that SEC kind of bragging rights. I just knocked off the same team that Bama knocked off, and actually we put more points up. We held them to less points. We already let you know that we can hang. You know what I mean? Let's go ahead and, and remove some of the excuses and stigma for the SEC bias. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I thought of, and, and not only SEC bias, this is another thing that this would answer, right, from this kind of cross-conference scheduling, letting letting a committee do it. So this past year and previous years before, right, there's always a, a, a group of five team that – you know, they run the tables and it's always like, man, should they, um, you know, should they they enter into the playoffs, right? And this year we let Cincinnati mm-hmm. in, right? And and I was not for it. I'm like, I promise you yep. this is a mismatch. And especially if they're going to play the, <laughs> as the four seed and they're going to play Alabama, they're going to lose that game, right? And I think Alabama allowed them to lose with as much dignity as they possibly could, right? Because if they wanted to, they could have tried to throw it all over the lot and put up 50 to 60 points on it. But what I'm saying is, is this. Let's not try to wait to the end of the season to answer that question. Why not answer that question week two and force Cincinnati to play a team you just brought up, Ole Miss, right? A Cincinnati Ole Miss game, a middle-of-the-tier SEC school to see, you know what, let's see how y'all play. And then we get to see Desmond Ritter go up against the SEC defense to know if you really can 
can perform at that level and know if those Cincinnati players are true, you know, like top of the line football players. And that way we have that test. We don't wait and and, and waste a, a college football playoff spot on a possible experiment, right? I want you to experiment in week one, week two, and week three. By the time we get to the the the, the, the college football playoffs, I want the best teams. I don't want to experiment and see what might happen. And then what happens is, is what everybody thought was going to happen. And that's that Cincinnati loses <laughs> to the one seed. And then this is the other issue. We still don't really know how good Cincinnati was, right? Because watching that game was a very underwhelming game. So you don't know if Cincinnati was just a little bit worse than Alabama or were they, you know, shouldn't have been on the field, Alabama, or, you know, like where did they still fall? Because the rest of the teams that they built, they beat, I'm sorry. They just wasn't that good. So you don't know if they deserve a top 20 ranking, a top 15 ranking or a top five ranking. You have no idea because just that one test against Alabama is not a proven resume to say, you know what, this group of five school, I fully feel confident about, their ability to be above these power five schools that play in tougher conferences. Bro, hundred percent. And even to add to that, you think about what that does for the draft process too. We just saw sauce Gardner go what top five or whatever he went. And <clears throat> he went at number four uh, to the, to the jets. And the stigma was, well, quarterbacks were afraid of him. They didn't want to really target him. They didn't, yeah. Cause they didn't have a receiver to, to test him. But yeah. you put him in a game or so against SEC and Big Ten. Oh, he gonna be tested early, yeah, right? No, like no choice. You think about him trying to trying to travel and, and and deal with these SEC athletes and these Big Ten receivers on a on a common ground. It's not like you said. It's not hey, let's wait till the end of the season. Let's put them. Let's put these guys on the on the spot. Desmond Ritter, you gotta deal with SEC defense. You're and then the, the, I think you you brought this up. When we first started this show, one of the points I remember you making it, it, it was always factual. The biggest difference between conferences is the trenches. It's the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. SEC have grown men that can manhandle a lot of these other conferences' <laughs> offensive defensive lines. Heck, Cincinnati went into that game and played three down linemen. They played a 3 3 5 stack. For whatever reason, I don't know, knowing darn well Alabama had the offensive line to run all over you. And you had a 280-pound zero tech. Good job. Like, that's 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 your game plan, and it failed. But at least we get to see that early. You know what I'm saying? You put Cincinnati, even this year, you put Cincinnati versus Ole Miss this year, we get to see, can you stop Zach Evans and, and Ulysses Bentley and, and Jackson Dart? Probably not, but at least we get to see it. So then we can go ahead and wipe that off. Like you said, wipe it off the board. Go up to that, to that, to that, uh, that dry erase board, erase Cincinnati's name. They can't hang. You know what I mean? So it's like, just put that, it puts so, the scheduling issue has so many different compartments of what it impacts and affects. So listen, man, it got me hyped. I got me hyped, man, because I absolutely hate the way that they do their schedule. And um, and I just wanted to change, but we all know it's not going to. But, you know, it was it was, it was a good discussion for the day. But, it, you know, as always, you know, that's our show. I uh, you know, Appreciate all the love and support, everybody. Continue to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave, subscribe, download, share, leave a five star review, um, and of course, as always, shout out to our partners over at Bet Online. Go make some money. We've got Wimbledon, uh, Major League Baseball. You can and, and the NFL's like ten weeks away, legit. Like I'm counting, it's ten weeks away, guys. Go get ready to make some money because there's a lot of money to be made. 
But Keith, as always, brother, I, I love these discussions. I'm Damian Parson. That's my guy, Keith Sanchez. And what's the slogan, baby? Talent is always the factor. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.